Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How you doing, Al? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Good, good, good. And welcome all to Alan Hudson's American Dream. Uh, we were going to do it a couple of weeks ago, but it is more poignant now that we're doing it today because when we were going to record it, America hadn't qualified for the World Cup, but now they have. So first and foremostly, well done, America. Well done, Anthony. You must be a very, very proud parent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's incredible, really. He's um, come a long, long way to think that only... 18 months ago, I went up to see Harry Redknapp with him and he was speaking to Willie Mackay and Willie Mackay said, I can get you a job with Doncaster, you know. Uh, and I, I kind of said to him, you know, you don't really want to come back here, you know. To, you know, And it, it all fell into place and he got the, then he got the USA under-21 job from after a bad spell at Colorado and, uh, and then got promoted into the first team. So... Yeah, it's fan- absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, you couldn't write a script, Paul. You couldn't because the script is getting even better because America have been drawn against England in the group. An unbelievable draw for America and, and a draw that Anthony must have looked at and thought, please let us get England. And they did get England. So we're all looking forward to that. And I guess in the, in the Hudson household, uh, mixed emotions. I, I'm sure that his mother Maureen will be hoping that Anthony wins. And, and I'm sure that you will as well, because blood does come before water. And well, I'm, uh, I'm, I haven't been in England support for a long, long time since, yeah. you know, they had all the trouble with them. And I've still got this case going on with the FA where I've asked uh, my name to remove from or everything that you know they they involved me with you know I wasn't happy, uh, and so really yeah I, I was I was so happy when Anthony was born in Seattle to begin with you know because it, it, you know I wish both of my sons really well for our three sons I wish the two were more and I wish they were both uh, American you know because they got so much more. They call it the land of opportunity, and it most certainly is. And it's um, it's it's something I, I, we spoke about last week about the the, the boy, our namesake Ray Hudson, uh, who started his career with me. He was at Newcastle United. I played against him in 1969, 70. Uh, and at the end of that season, he went over as we as players did in those days. You know, the clubs would want to keep their players fit throughout the summer and they sent him over to Fort Lauderdale and uh, and that was the last we see of him and uh, and then eight years later when I left Arsenal and went to Seattle uh, we kind of renewed uh, our challenge and you know I, to think they'd been there eight years uh, I often wonder if that happened to me um, you know it's a very fine line between uh 
it's such a it was such a fantastic experience in the American League, you know. Uh, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, I, I didn't really I loved Arsenal. I really loved Arsenal as a football club, and I didn't really want to leave. I just couldn't get on with the manager. Um, but I wouldn't have swapped my Seattle experience for any for anything. It was just a dream, you know. The the, the playing in America, the country itself, the the, uh, the lifestyle suited me down to the ground. It was great, you know. And plus the fact it was the the wonderful thing about it for people like me was. Uh, it's such a vast country, and you you're over there, and people didn't look at you like they do in England. You know, all they want to do is write all the negative things about you, you know, about drinking and this, that, and the other. Where the the social social scene in America uh, really is is very much in in our favour, because they expect you to you know be social and. Uh, uh, it, our Seattle team, you know, we uh, every Sunday we we had we was around different person's house, you know, parties, and it, it was just one one, you know, it was it was what you call without being, uh, I don't know what the word is, it, it was a working holiday, yeah, but uh, it was it was, you know, I I, I really worked hard out there, and uh, I was cap, I was proud to be captain as Seattle for three, four years and uh, proud to break the record over there. And it was, you know, I, I could never see myself coming home, Paul. It was just, uh, you know, once again, you get an owner, the owner comes in. That's, this is a problem with America, as it is here. Uh, you know, the money situation, you know, it's uh, it was very difficult at that time. Uh, they're now on really great... Um, Good ground at the moment. There, you know, they they've moved into the seats where the Seahawks play, and yeah. you know, it, um, and they and and the the players were earning a lot of money, and it was just a shame that we missed that the Bosman ruling, really, you know. Absolutely. We are going to go back and talk about those Seattle years that you hold so precious and dearly, but the next World Cup is going to be in America. So if Anthony's still there, because we don't know what we're going to be doing in four years' time, America don't have to qualify. It's in America, it's in Canada, and it's in uh, Mexico. Now, it would be quite ironic that if America got to the final and played England in the final in four years' time, that it could be in the place that you could, if things had been so different and the if-only situation... You could have played in the World Cup final for England as a 19-year-old, literally on your birthday. England could be playing, Anthony could be the coach, and it could be on your 75th birthday. It, all the stars are aligning now. It really is game on, isn't it? Because when yeah. we do play over there, it is going to be a new ball game and America are going to be four years older. Well, I, I think the future is brighter in America than it is in England. Yeah. Um, we're very anti uh, me and all my all, all my pals, and we do the podcast with Tony Jimenez and Don Shanks and all this stuff. And and we called it all along that Southgate was ruining ruining our chances in the Euros, and and that and that proved to be right because. Italy haven't qualified for the World Cup, and it just goes to show that they were there for the taking at Wembley, and and we didn't, 
he was too far too negative. But whereas that won't happen with the United States, they're they were forward they're a forward thinking country, and they will attack. Hence, you know, they got beat the last game, but that they didn't really need to win it. Uh, but the time before they, they they won by five, and the Chelsea kid got three goals. Pulisic, yeah. you know, so uh, I think there's going to be uh, some drastic changes after this World Cup. I, I can't see this manager still being the England manager four years down the line. No, I think you're absolutely right. But in nineteen, what was it, nineteen seventy nine? You were. You were on the run after the FA Cup final in 78 when Arsenal got beat to Ipswich uh, 1-0. You had a chance meeting. I mean, it is incredible how Anthony got to beat an American, really, with Bobby Moore, Bobby coming to the boxes. Yeah, and, and Bobby had said to you, Jimmy's in the in the box down the, down the way. Go and have a chat with him. He's looking for players to play in America. You'd never thought about going and playing in America. I'm, we've done podcasts before. You, I mean, I don't think you knew where Seattle was. I certainly didn't. I thought Washington was the capital and it was in District Columbia. I didn't realise it was in the great Northwest. So, you know, you going over there, again, it was a chance and you took that chance. And, and Maureen, did Maureen go with you straight away or did she stay in England for a bit? What was uh, the next situation? I think that's the first time she's moved with me. I didn't want to miss that opportunity. <laughs> um, I don't think she was too keen on Stoke, but um, <laughs> Seattle was a different ball game. Um, and as you say, it was, um, you know, one minute I was at Stanford Bridge and I was uh, I was hosting in one of the boxes there, but, but not, not being uh, working for the club at all, but they had a spare box and I was hosting this box and I had the likes I remember Dennis Waterman he was a mate of mine at that time uh, and then Sweeney and he would come in there and be my guest and a couple of other lads would be my guests my friends and it, it was great and we'd watch a match on a Saturday afternoon and it was just a sheer fluke that I went out to the bathroom and I was walking through and bumped into Bobby Moore and uh, it was a million and one shot absolute million and one shot and I just said to him Come around and have a drink, Bob. And I never, never give it another, another thought. I, I didn't think he'd come around. And he knocked on the door and he walked in. And it was great, you know, because, as I say, Waterman was there. So he had his... I think Dennis... Uh, I'm not sure if he still had his team then. Dennis Waterman, 11. I played for them. And against them. I played against them. Or, or for them against them in the Tony Curry's testimonial. Uh, which was a bang uh, packed house at Bramall Lane. So Dennis is a staunch foot. He loves his football. Uh, so it was a great meeting. You know, you got a great, uh, great TV entertainer, actor, and obviously my favourite footballer of all time, Bobby Moore, in in the same box. And he just said, "Look, Al," he said, "What are you doing? You're you're wasting your wasting your, your life. You, you know, you haven't got long left. I don't." Get back out there, you know. And I said, look, Bob, nobody wants me. He said, well, Jimmy Gabriel wants you. He said, I've been to Seattle. He said, no, I can only tell you that you will just fit in like a like a new glove. He says, uh, you'll fit in perfectly. You'll love that. He said, it's a great place. He, Bobby had played out there. Uh, I think he was out there when, I think Jeff Hurst might have played out there. Harry Redknapp was out there when I got there. So that was the West Ham connection. Bobby Howe was... 
uh, a West Ham player. He was our coach. And uh, sadly, Jimmy and Harry got the sack after my first season. Uh, I got injured in the last game against Vancouver, and I think that was a game changer. Uh, we had to win it to, to get make the playoffs. We never made the playoffs, and they pulled the plug on uh, Jimmy and Harry, which was sad. But then Alan Hinton took over, and I... Um, I was in London when Alan Hinton was going to get the job, and I phoned Jimmy Gabriel up. I said, "If you if you've got the sack, I said I'm leaving." And uh, like the great man he was, Jimmy Gabriel, he said, "No, Alan." He says, oh, "No." He said, "I've been to your house. I know you've got a lovely home. You've got a lovely lifestyle. You've got you've got a good contract. Please don't don't give it all up for me. You know these things happen in football." And, he said, you know, give Alan Hinton a chance. You know, I'm sure he'll need you. He'll want you in the side to, to stay captain. And that's how it works out. So, you know, there's good people in, in our game, you know, good people in your life. You know, I knew Jimmy. I knew Jimmy pretty well because I played against him in Southampton my, on my debut uh, when we lost 5-0 and Jimmy <laughs> gave me a clump. Uh, and I've been on. Um, strangely enough, our Chelsea team went on tour with Southampton, so I knew a lot about Jimmy, and I knew he was a good man. So it all kind of fell into place. And uh, probably apart from Tony Waddington, um, uh, Bobby was probably the only man that could have swayed me into going out and talking to him, because I wouldn't really have took any uh, any notice of anybody else, because I had so much respect for Bobby. Uh, and it all worked out as he said. Absolutely, and it's—I uh, mean, Jimmy Gabriel, great player, great manager, yeah. uh, great drinker as well. I mean, he, he, yeah. he liked—he liked to touch, didn't he? But you wouldn't oh, want Jimmy yeah. picking you out in uh, in, in an identity parade, would you? No, no, he had—he <laughs> had legs like a tree trunk. He was—he was a—he was a—he was a well, he would have got a lot more caps had Jim Baxter, the great Jim Baxter, yeah. not. In, in the Scotland team around that time. But he played a few times for Scotland. He was a hard man. He was very, very tough, but he was a terrific footballer. And he had a good footballer, great knowledge. And he was just so unfortunate to Seattle that um, we just didn't have the, the finance to improve the team. And I went there. Obviously, I was the biggest, biggest signing. And that kind of, you know, it, it kind of put the club back a little bit. Although... You know, it wasn't until Alan Hinton coming really. They really, you know, he said, "I will only, I'll only come and manage here if you give me the opportunity to bring some top-class players in," which he did. The likes of Tommy Hutchinson and Coventry, uh, Bruce Riot from Derby, and Roger Davis and Peter Wall from Forest, and players like that. They were, they were, they were all good players. We had, we had a terrific, and hence we, we won. But, you know, we broke all records over there in one season. So that was pretty special. Absolutely. And he mistakenly uh, thought you were Chopper, didn't he, on, on that debut? He did tell you many years later. <laughs> well, I had I had two two exact same things happen to me. I played at Manchester United Old Trafford one night and George jumped on my, Georgie Best jumped on my ankle and I, I went down his club after and I just pulled him to one side. I said, George, what was all that about? He said, I thought you was Harris. I went, no, 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 that one's been done, mate. I said, yeah. I said, Ronnie Harris has got short hair. You know, I've got long hair. So, uh, Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Don't do that one. Either. So two, two players that said they were after Harris got me. So, uh, I wish I would have got Harris, by the way. <laughs> and, and Harris had got them on a number of occasions, hence that's why they were looking for him. Everybody was looking for your house because you had a fantastic bar. And it was like, again, when you said it was it was like being on holiday and playing football, some people get the impression that you didn't take your football serious, but you absolutely did. But it was a different climate, wasn't it, out there in Seattle? And your house, your bar was like a nightclub. Well, it was like day club and night club. It was, um, it was, uh, you know, the people that we used to have come round and entertain a lot. And you know, I, I'm a great believer. I love the American way of life. I mean, that is a that is a way they live their lives. You know, they do a lot. They do a lot more drinking in their homes than they do when they go out. And that's when when the pandemic hit us. You know, I was in good stead. You know, I I couldn't understand that my mates were. You know, saying oh, I don't drink at home. I said, "What are you, what are you talking about?" You know, it's it's a big part of life. You know, come man and I and I had people around here, and we watched matches, and we we had I done food, and we we had a few drinks and all that, and it's great, you know. But it's only I picked all that up. Although although I did it when I was playing for Chelsea in my home, I'd have friends around, but but it is a, it is the American way of life. It is um, it's a lot more social. They're, they're, they're a lot more social people where they, you know, you go around their homes and instead of going out, you know. Absolutely. And Maureen, was she settled there in America? Did she like the lifestyle? Because there was, there was nine years between uh, young Alan and, um, and young Anthony. Yeah, yeah. He was, um, Alan was born uh, the year we lost to the League Cup to Stoke, 72, so that was quite uh, a year. And uh, Anthony, nine years later in Seattle, so and uh, I missed the birth because I, I had to go to pre-season training in the, uh, down on the coast, you know, where Jim Rockford used to live, so right along that coastline. Which, <laughs> uh, and I said to uh, Alan and said, at the airport, I said, Maureen's gone in to have, uh, you know, the kid. And uh, he said, well, if you want to stay behind, you can. I said, no, Al. I said, you can have a kid anytime. You can't go down to Santa Barbara any time you want. So uh, off we went. And uh, two days later, Anthony was born. So, uh, you know, I couldn't be more delighted, really. Absolutely. And Anthony didn't play football as a kid because there in America, football wasn't the number one sport. In fact, Anthony didn't kick a ball until he went down to Tampa 
and that he joined in with uh, with, with Shanks's uh, football academy. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, remind, I remind Don and Anthony of that that, that day, and uh, never dreaming that uh, you know. I mean, even when young Alan was only uh, seven when we went to Seattle. Uh, and he had to go to school and he had to adjust to the, you know, he played in a little league baseball and stuff like that, but because they didn't play what what they call soccer, they didn't play soccer at school. And then, uh, so he had to adjust. So that kind of put him back and it, 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 he would come to training with me and, uh, and Jamie Redknapp would come with Harry. So they were about around about the same age. And uh, I, I've always said it that if, had I got the, uh, uh, the the Stoke job when uh, the chairman died on that fateful day, uh, Alan would have probably you know made it at Stoke and uh, had a good career in the game, as Jamie did it. You know, J- Jamie only got on really because uh, Harry managed West Ham and Jamie's father was the assistant coach and. Uh, there used to be murders. That's why I had to leave West Ham because uh, they, the crowd used to get on Frank's back and saying uh, he's only playing because his family run the club. So, you know, it was um, the best thing could have happened to him, you know, because um, after speaking to Frank, uh, uh, I kind of edged him towards Chelsea. So I had a lot to do with his career, really. Absolutely, Al. But, you know, you were back at Stoke City uh, at that time. And you, you know, you were pretty much retired. You had the season. Welcome home, hoodie. And I still listen to that welcome home song by Peters and Lee, and and yeah. and, and think about it. it. Evokes the memory of when you turned out against Arsenal. Your first game back. Your last game, of course, in England was for Arsenal. It was a very different Arsenal team because I think Don was now the manager and he, he was the coach when uh, you were Arsenal. But um, you know, had things have gone better in America, and you've always said that when you get a bad American, you get a bad American, and I think yeah. because they. They didn't get the 1986 World Cup finals. The NASL league pretty much collapsed. But had things had worked out differently, you could have been the manager of the American national side and and cut your teeth in management in America. Yeah, I've, 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 that was. Uh, I mean, when Alan Hinder made me his assistant manager and, and player, along with playing as you know, that was probably my first foot in the door. And uh, who knows where it would have led to, you know. Um, and then it just so happened that when I got sold back here, I was reaching the wrong side of 30. And uh, uh, so I, <clears throat> I I was, I didn't really, well, I wasn't really mad about, like Anthony loves the coaching side of it. I was more, I would have been more of a man- manager side of it. Yeah. But, uh, and probably being a little bit more like Ferguson, say, who would, uh, who was so incredibly successful, and you know, he managed the team, but he oversee the training and stuff like that. But, but, but others coached it. But yeah, that would have been my what I see my role as. And uh, as I said, I've only I've only ever uh, been involved with two players. Well, one was Frank Lampard, who went to Chelsea, and one was Steve Bold, who was going to go to Everton, and. Uh, <laughs> I talked. I had my. I had a pub at the time, and he came in. He said, "I'm going to go sign for Everton." I said, "Please don't, Steve." I said, "Because I, I spoke to Stuart Houston today, and 
he's going to buy Lee Dixon, but I've told him to tell George from me to, to sign you. So, and then he went there and I told Tony White, I said, if he goes, if he goes to Arsenal, I said, he'll play for England. And he did. Um, and he, he was as good as centre half and, well, they we were very blessed Stoke, that we had another kid come through there, Alan Dodd, who was every bit as good, you know, had he gone to a bigger club. Uh, mind you, Alan didn't really want to play for England. He was he was happier, you know, doing it, fixing his roof than he was playing football, I think, Alan. But, uh, you know, it takes all sorts, but he was absolutely an amazing defender. Absolutely. My, uh, you, you, we've done that many podcasts and spoke that often now. You, uh, you can read me mind. Because the next question I was going to ask you was, if Alan Hudson was the manager, would you be a manager or a coach? Because you famously done that wonderful uh, podcast with young Anthony, uh, Masterminds, and you was telling Anthony that you can either be a coach or you can be a manager. You can't do both. And throughout your career, you know, Sexton was a coach who became a manager. It didn't work. But Waddington was a manager and he wasn't a coach. And... You know, you have to fixate on what you want to do. Do you want to be a coach? Or do you want to be a manager? You can't do both. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's uh, it's common, it's common sense as well. It's um, you know, if you're if you're a man, if you're a manager and you you take the coaching as you do the coach the the coaching as well. It's a very very it's a it's a very awkward balancing job because. If you fall out with a player in your in your office over money or whatever or contract or whatever or he lies to you like they lied to me, Chelsea, uh, well he ain't gonna get the best out of you on the training field. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna kinda just think, Well, no, no, you know, if we don't get on, we don't get on. So so there's there's that problem there and, and I see that with Anthony when he was in Colorado. He had that problem as well, you know, he had to he had to work with the players both on the field and then in the office and and you start upsetting them in the office and you lose them on the training field and in matches yeah. um i don't know how how he gets away i know it's different with guardiola he's got his own his only thing yeah. uh and obviously the fella tonight with thomas thomas tuchel with the real madrid, you know the real madrid game it, it, he seems to have got it off to a fine art but again now they've got their team behind them haven't they because people think oh he's a manager he's a coach he does everything no I mean I'm I'm guessing Pep and Tuchel get involved in the training etc but yeah. you know they're managers and they've got the team that, that do the coaching so again they do and they have that ability to understand the fine lines and the margins and, and, and do dance on both sides of the divide because they're clever and a great management but again, they're managers and they let the coaches coach. The great Matt Busby, yeah, Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy was the trainer and Matt was the yeah. manager. It's it, as you say, if you fall out with them, you, you lose them. So it's a kind of good cop, bad cop, isn't it? Scenario. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they had it right years ago. It's the same as um, years ago. You wouldn't see managers sitting on the line, you know, on yeah. on the bench, what they call it now, and the tracks are in the technical area, as they call it. You wouldn't see managers years ago to do that. Waddington would always sit up in the uh, director's box and watch from there. And uh, you can you can't really see the game properly on on the bar, on the touchline. I don't understand why why managers do it. I think a lot to do with it. 
is the obvious uh, the ego thing mm. uh, of being seen on TV and they're jumping up and shouting about the crack, half of them are crackpots and I don't know what. I mean, I, I, you know, in twenty odd years playing football, I never took any notice of anyone that said anything on the touchline. I just get used to get on with the game, and I, I think that applies to a lot of foot, for, uh, top players. But again, Tony Waddington, you know, said to you, Al, you're doing everything right, but in the wrong order. You go out there, play football. I know you can play football. That's why I've signed you. Whereas some other managers, for instance, Terry Neal, he tries to change, he tries to tell you what to do. When you've got a player as talented as you, you just tap him on the backside, go and play, come off, we'll, all sm- we'll both smile together. Well, yeah, I mean, again, it's common sense. Yeah. It was... Um, uh... Tony wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't give a team talk as such. He would, uh, <laughs> the funniest thing was when we we lost in a League Cup at Lincoln uh, in this, my second year there. And it was, um, you know, it was unacceptable, really. Uh, I think Graham Taylor was manager of Lincoln at that time. And um, we got, we went out, we went to a nightclub, come back about, I was two, three in the morning and uh, he had locked us out, Tony had locked us out of the hotel. We couldn't get in, and uh, next thing you know, the boys scampering up, you know, drain pipes and all that, trying to get up to the room. And next thing you know, he, a boys come out the door. You can come in if you. And he, he put a load of chairs around. And he sat down, and we had a team meeting about half past three in the morning because he he didn't want to go to bed and not you know not sort it all out. So and he saw it, and that was the only time we really had a a, a big team meeting. And I think we went on a, a, a long, unbeaten run after that. Again, great manager. And Graham Taylor leads us nicely into 1993. Because England have a history of playing America. Um, I think the last time was in one of the World Cups. Can't remember what one it was. But I do remember a 1-1 draw. Stevie G, I think, scored for England. I remember... Um, um, it was a fella, Jamie Carragher. And I remember watching it in a bar in Stratford and thinking, this is the last game you're ever going to play for England, son, because as a right back that night, he got absolutely, he was on toast. And, and you know, when I look at people that say England versus America, it's a walkover, it's easy for it, it is, it's going to be a difficult game. And in 1993, leading into the 1994 World Cup, which we failed to qualify under Graham Taylor. We played America in the US Cup and I do remember the uh, the headline more than the performance. It was Yanks 2, Planks 0. It was in the Foxborough Stadium in Boston. You're absolutely correct, Al, when you said it was in Boston. And there was 37,652 watching that game that day. Yeah, and they were... You know, it was unthinkable, really, that you could lose to them. Well, it goes back all them years ago when they lost the famous game. When then they lost one nil, in, in was it in the fifties or sixties or something? Nineteen fifty World Cup, Guyton scored the goal yeah. in uh, Bella Horizonte. Unbelievable, yeah. But uh, the, but we, we moved on, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's something wrong. You know, I I just I can't remember where I was when the game was on also and uh and I can remember being with two or three people and they said uh, they again said it's gonna be a walkover. I said, Yeah, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. They're not bad and it, it's only really since the big money's gone into America that I think some of the players have 
To listen to the rest of this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com forward slash srbmedia or just follow the links in the description. Thank you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.